Hello, good evening. Welcome to a Monday night edition of the Cantina Mickey podcast. Glad to have you with us. Uh, glad to have a handful of new subscribers that have joined us here in the Cantina Mickey's podcast on our YouTube page. My name is John Jagu. I am coming to you live, not from beautiful Lake Travis, as I have been all summer, but I'm actually up in the Metroplex. I am in downtown Dallas, Texas. And uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight. As uh, you can imagine, we have uh, the Gold Cup uh, culminated last night in Chicago with Mexico winning 1-0 thanks to a Jonathan Dos Santos goal in the 73rd minute. It was uh, Mexico's eighth Gold Cup win, 11th Continental uh, Cup overall, if you count the three pre-Gold Cup CONCACAF championships that Mexico has won. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about big uh, big news in Liga MX uh, with uh, the coming of Giovanni Dos Santos. We'll get into that as well. And uh, it's, it, it, for you folks uh, that want to join us on the chat, you can certainly do so on our YouTube page. Please do that. And hopefully we'll have some of our other cantineros come on in. Uh, we are starting to show a little early tonight, so our folks on the West Coast, on the East Coast rather, can uh, join us before they have to go to the Meme. Joining me, though, out in Southern California in Los Angeles, right by MacArthur Park. As we speak, Joel El Mas in Tatarado Acevas joins us. Acevas joins us. Joel, how are you, sir? Greetings, John. Still enjoying this this victory. And, uh, of course, my romance with Tata growing bigger by the day. That's right. That's right. Tata has, 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 has literally just rescued a drowning puppy for you right in front of you. They didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it. But but he went into the riverbank and he, and he pulled out this, this this drowning puppy. Went in head first. That's right. And he's now presented the puppy to you to to continue the courtship between between you and Tata Martin. Yeah, against all odds, he did it. He had to face. Uh, he was swimming upstream. Players that didn't want to go. Injuries and more injuries. I mean, a player like Antuna who was almost cut off twice. You know, he took him and he he ended up being useful. Uh, and he, he did his part. He did his he played his role. He did. And and he was uh, one of the uh, the folks uh, last night that was frankly instrumental in helping Mexico uh, wrestle control back from the US in the match when he uh, was able to when he switched sides with uh, with Rodolfo Pizarro in, in the second half and, and let Rodolfo be a little bit more offensive while uh, Tata Martino uh, had uh, Antuna do more of a, you know, as as defensive as you could have it when you're doing, but he definitely put the clamps on uh, on, on Reggie Cannon's advances that were uh, so effective for the U.S. in the first half, where uh, where Joel uh, in in the first half of the match, I think a lot of Mexico fans were probably wondering, and of course I'm paraphrasing, but I'm sure there were sense, you know, something along the lines of "Qué chingos está pasando?" because uh, you know. Outside of not scoring, uh, the first half pretty much belonged to the uh, to the U.S. It did, and uh, you did say it, John. You had U.S. as favorites. You well, you saw it. You you foresaw this. I'm I'm not uh, the only one. Uh, I mean, you know, the, I mean, you know, they're 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 playing at home. You know, they're they're always motivated against Mexico. If if you look at the uh, if you look at the printout of their of their financial statement of U.S.S.F. Uh, the USSF pays their their male players the biggest bonus they can get is uh, beating Mexico. 
whether it's a friendly or whether it's an official tournament. If they beat Mexico, they get paid a, a, a very hefty, a very nice bonus. And yeah, so they're 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 all, they're always motivated to play Mexico. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not saying that money's the only reason. Obviously, there are other reasons as well, but it certainly doesn't uh, it certainly doesn't hurt. And with the way that the U.S. had uh, had played the tournament, and they were just getting better and stronger as the uh, as the tournament went on. And I think not that Mexico was struggling, but Mexico definitely had a much more difficult path. And and you were wondering, are there are, are after playing two games in extra time, are their legs going to be there? And uh, I think that that was probably the biggest tactical error that uh, that that I think ended up costing the U.S. Joel was that uh, yes, the U.S. did pressure Mexico and they, they did try to find out if Mexico still had legs, but for whatever reason, Joel, the legs that went out last night weren't weren't Mexico's, but the U.S.'s. It, it was kind of like when Mexico played Holland and Holland could uh, Mexico couldn't string anything together because they they, they just didn't have anything left. And I think that we saw that in the second half of the uh, of the Mexico U.S. match. The difference being here, of course, is that uh, is that in Mexico was the one that ended up getting getting the goal. In the yeah. Well, well, that pressing was very impressive. Uh, that the U.S. was doing a lot of high pressing, uh, and they caught Mexico off guard, and they could have easily scored two or three goals, and that would have put Mexico in a bind. Uh, they were unfortunate not to. But but that you know pressing like that, it's very difficult. Uh, we saw we saw Haiti do it, and how they were falling towards the end of the game, right? Kind of sprint and they would just fall in their face uh, without even contact. And uh, and and you know what? And I expected the U.S. to be able to hang because if they have one thing, it's it's very good uh, conditioning. Sure, it's one of those teams that. Um, they practiced hard on that. Uh, I remember they had, before the World Cup, before the uh, 2014 World Cup, and there was like a documentary on the U.S. and their training, and one of the players was saying how, you know, they might not have the tactical ability, you know, of, of other teams, but but the one, the one area they could beat them was, you know, with the condition and, and the running. And he's like that they could, you know. Right. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've, I, I, I've seen it. We've seen it many times where, where they beat many Central American teams like that, uh, uh, where, where the other teams would tire out and the U.S. was come in and, and score goals, you know, to the end of the match. Uh, right. we saw it against Panama, which <laughs> gave Mexico the pass. Uh, so, so it did surprise me a bit to see the U.S. tire out, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it was really the, the the most important, the most, regardless of what happened in the match, you know, who won or who lost, the fact that the U.S. got tired when they did, to me was was the was the biggest reason why Mexico was able to well, rest control and then and ultimately get the goal. But but also, you know what? I, we have to give some credit to Mexico because their passing style, you know, it, it sort of led to that as well, because they're able to move the ball around and keep the U.S. chasing, and we would see how they would run on the way back. Even to pressure the goalkeeper and, and constantly doing that, I think that also led, you know, to the U.S. eventually. Sure. Cause, cause, cause if Mexico had, it was pretty obvious that, uh, the overall squad was just more tactical and more technical with the ball at yeah. their feet. You know, the, the U.S., uh, they, 
they they did what they had to do. They the only thing they didn't get was the goal, and they had two gigantic chances to score uh, early in the first ten minutes of the game. Uh, you know, uh, Josie Altador. Uh, uh, you know, I, you know, as 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 if I were to make a joke here, I would say he was. Uh, you know, he, he played like an American up until he shot, and then he shot like a Haitian. Uh, you know, just in reference to. Mexico's game against Haiti, where they were doing everything great, and then they're getting ready to shoot, and the guy would like, you know, whiff or, or you know, or whatever it was. Is is an um, Altidore part Haitian? Yes, no, he is Haitian. <laughs> he is. Oh, he yeah. is Haitian. Yeah, he was born. Yeah. He was born in Haiti. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, of course, and of course, I joke, but you know, Josie Altidore has 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 burned uh, Mexico in the past, and uh, you know, I know a lot of people are are upset with him for missing, but you know what, strikers. You know, again, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but, you know, soccer games aren't – it's not like handball where they're scoring, you know, 50 and 20 goals a game. It's hard to score. And, uh, you know, you know, Josie did everything right and everything. But, you know, you know sometimes, you know, he, he swings and he just doesn't quite – in this case, he just didn't quite catch the ball right, and he ended up, you know, scurrying it. And uh, Mexico was very fortunate for that to happen. They were also very fortunate for uh, Paul Arriola to kind of – Miss on on his play later in the half, and and then you know Guardado gets a gets a great uh, clearance on, on a ball that was obviously going to go into the back of the net off a of Jordan uh, Morris header in the early in the second half on on a corner kick. I know that a lot of U.S. fans were complaining about a handball on that play, but you know please learn the rules. The rule is is the new rule. Like in, in the Copa America, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but but Brazil was was. Uh, uh, was penalized with a handball in the area penalty, which which Beto used to tie the game, one one toward the end of the first half, and the Brazilian player, I think it was uh, Diago Diago Silva, he was he was falling down and he was putting his hand down to brace himself from falling, and the ball hits the hand. But the new rule, Coel, in, in in soccer that that started in, in June, the FIFA rule stipulates that that the, the the way that they're interpreting the rule is that, is that if your if your arm and hand are not part of the natural silhouette of your body. In other words, if, if you're not, you know, inside, you know, within the the frame of the rest of your person, if the ball hits your hand, it's going to be a handball. And Edson, I think who was who was one that was blocking it? Yes, it, the, he, they're absolutely right. The ball hit the, the ball hit his arm, but his arm was also stuck to his body, so it was part of the natural silhouette of his body. They were never going to call it a handball ever. So please learn the rules, folks. Updated rules. Yeah, please learn the rules. <laughs> it's like in the, in the, the I think it was Japan, uh, Holland. Japanese player, you know, she's at the top of the box. She's defending. Uh, the, the Holland player shoots. It hits. It hits the Japanese player in her hand, but her hand is away from her body. There's nothing she can do. I mean, I, I guarantee you, the Dutch player wasn't aiming for her hand. Although I'm guessing it's going to start happening uh, pretty soon. And it's a penalty. I mean, it, 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 it is a crappy rule. It's a penalty. But you know, if you don't want to get called for the penalty. You know, keep your keep your body, your arms closer to your body. And that's just that's just the way it is. That, that, that's just how people are gonna have to defend. <sighs> but anyway, I did I did expect uh, I did expect who I did expect the U.S. to uh, to to come away victorious in this Gold Cup. I think that they were slight favorites. They had their chances. Uh, it didn't work out, and it turned out that in, in the second half, Mexico had one really, really, really good chance, and it was the one that Jonathan de Santos put away. On a on a terrific play by Rodolfo Pizarro, who Joel, we had discussed uh, pretty much 
in the weeks leading to the tournament and during the tournament, you know, when is he going to have his moment? And I think he had his moment and he didn't score, but he was the reason why Mexico was able to play the way that they did in the second half. And, and he would, and he rightly should have been named man of the match. Yeah, he was, well, he was part of the goal. He, he laid the ball to, uh, to, to Jimenez who, who did the nice back heel to Jonah. Right. So he, he did participate well, yeah, all, he all, was, of, all of the dangerous chances that Mexico had in the second half all came from the foot of Pizarro, every single one of them. Yeah, he was. And he's been on a roll, um, I think, since 2016 or 2017. He's won a championship with yes, Pachuca, Chivas, and and uh, Monterrey, and now with the national team. But he won, I think, what is it, two, two league titles in a row, and then two CONCA champions, and See, you know, so he has like six. He has like six trophies in his cabinet. That, that's the player huh? that Atlas needs to get. See, those are the kinds <laughs> of players Atlas needs. To get. Well, well, they need to make because, you know, uh, I don't think they're going to be spending the twenty million, or the close to twenty million right. that that both Chivas and. But I, I do think that uh, Grupo Orlegi is going to help straighten uh, the Atlas youth. I think well, they can. They can. Uh, that that I, is a Gordian knot that we should probably get into on a, 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 a on a different. You know, we should do that. We should have a. We should have an all Atlas show. It's going to last like like thirty eight seconds. <laughs> oh snap! No, that's, that's so I, and, and, unless we, unless you want to talk about where did it go wrong, and and there's just so much more wrong going on. There's like like as much of a shit show we say Chivas is. I, I guarantee you, Atlas is hold my beer. Yeah, exactly. We we, we can. Yeah, Chivas yeah, and Barcelona compared the compared to Atlas. <laughs> yeah, that's why when everyone's making fun of Cruz Azul and and La Cruz Azulio, it's it's really Atlas, man. Uh, no disrespect to their fans and the club, but that's a team that has everything to succeed, and they always find a way to, you know, to fail and and. Uh, to Cruz Azul's uh, credit, they at least they at least made it to the final. Exactly, at least at least they, you know? they don't shoot themselves and, in the foot until they get to the final. And they did win not that long ago, but they do have a Conca Champions and a and a Copa MX and some some you know smaller titles. They do, uh, which which Atlas can't even get. They can't. Yeah. Even, but but I do think they will win a Copa MX. I do think. Uh, are we are we breaking news? Are we breaking news, Hoa? Do I need to turn on? No, hang on, hang on. No, but if if you're Group Orlegi and you're trying to revamp this team, no, uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's not Focorocos. No. Right, right. That'd be more like uh, looking into the crystal ball. Oh, okay. Oh, you're right. You're right. I need, and, I need and, not even, that. And, and and not even that much. It's just pretty. It's just pretty obvious. Uh, if you're like Group Orlegi, you're trying to revamp this team. You're trying to like, you know, what can you win? That's pretty accessible, right. and that's that cup because very few teams are gonna go all out for it. So I think one of the things for them is get out of relegation, um, qualify to Liguilla, and, and win that cup. Uh, as for Chivas, is the make, opposite. Make huh? it respectable, for God's sakes. I mean, that, that's all. <laughs> Atlas fans are really asking for it's just a little. You know, can, yeah. can we at least? At least, I mean, we, I mean, they have. You know, they're kind of like Tigres fans. I mean, they show up. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's serious. You know, they have a great crowd yeah. support. 
And, you know, they just, they just, the fans, you know, are just so terribly mistreated by, by, by the team's, uh, you know, just, just incompetence. And, and we're at the serial and chronic incompetence that has been going on for decades, decades. You know, as, as long as I've been following them. I mean, they really are just this hapless. I mean, they had a couple of good moments in the 90s. Everyone remembers the final that they had. Yeah. With, uh, you know, I mean, you, you guys talk about it like it's like, it was, I didn't get to watch it, but you guys talk about it like it's one, one of the, one of the greatest finals ever. It was, it was exciting. And, and, and the reality is, 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 is that there was a lot of future national team players or again, current national team players on that team. Players that probably could have had a, a longer career. But we're talking one year out of 70. Perhaps. One year out of 70. Ouch. Ouch. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Now, Joel, I wanted to ask you. So, Mexico ends up winning their two. This is this is their eighth yes. World Cup, uh, like like we mentioned. It was, it's it's their eleventh continental title overall. And uh, and I noticed something, Joel. I was watching the, the Copa America and and Peru, which I don't know. I, I don't have to tell you how I'm a big Peru fan. I always have been. I think they have uh, outside of maybe one or two teams, so I can't even think of right now, the most recognizable national team strip on the planet. You know exactly who it is when. Oh, that's Peru. You know, I mean, who else? Maybe Brazil. I mean, I mean, really, really, who else can you say that about? When, 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 yeah. when you see what they're wearing, and I noticed that above their crest they had they had two little estrellitas. So they go, oh, wait a second. I don't think I don't. You know, I <laughs> like to consider myself somewhat of a World Cup star. I don't remember Peru winning winning a couple of a uh, couple of World Cups and a couple of. And then I realized, no, it, it's it's estrellas for the Copa América. <laughs> And then I saw Egypt's uniform in, in the Africa in the Africa Cup of Nations, and they won that thing like eight or nine times. So, you know, they were the leading, uh, the all-time leading winners, and they got a bunch of stars on there. Chris, I'm thinking, is that is that Joel? If you're designing the shirt, le pones estrellas when Mexico plays the Copa Oro on, on, on well, the jersey? Not not on the crest, but you could. You know what they do with the Champions League, right? And on the side, on, on the on the sleeve, I'll give them like a campeon sticker. Yeah, and I think I think they could do that with a Concacaf and add that cup, you know, add that cup for uh, on the sleeve with Max with the big eight, and then the, and and I bet you the media is going to start doing this because we love copying everything Argentine and everything Espanol. They're going right. to start talking about going for la decima. Okay, we, we already saw it. They started doing it in, um, they started doing it in Liga MX, especially with like America when they're talking about La Dociava and all that. And all that came from Spain, uh, when they were right. talking about Real Madrid and uh, winning the Champions League and we're going for the, you know, for the, for La, la what was it? You know what else? You know who else came from Spain, Juan? Who else came from Spain? Yeah. You know, Par- Parchis came from Spain. Oh, man. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. That's yeah. So... We won't hear that talk until the next Gold Cup, though. But they're going to start talking about... Well, they got to win one first going. before they get to the Decima. They got to get to the Novena first, and then they can go to the Decima. Yeah, but they're going to start, like, like pumping that pretty soon. Uh, which is okay. It's, it's good to... You know, get excited for these tournaments. I know a lot of times we uh, we underappreciate them, or we we say that they're not 
turned out that good. But no, I got to tell you, it's it, it, it the, the, the contrast in, in coverage from from younger folks to older folks, uh, folks living in Mexico, or or, the, or or that live in Mexico to cover Mexico, and the folks that, that cover Mexico that live in here. The the way they reacted to the game last night to me was it was a stark contrast. It was it was it was like the old the super old uh, fogies that live in Mexico thinking that they're like what a waste of time. Why are they you know just why are they even playing this ridiculous tournament? You know all these teams are just on and on and on and on. Yeah. You know and then and then it kind of and then like you know the ones that are a little younger aren't nearly as bad. And then of course in the states everyone's like rah rah Mexico. You know it's a, this is terrific. They won. <laughs> uh, a, Canadian, a Canadian guy, uh, Grant, who's a friend of the show, Grant Sturridge, who was our uh, our Canadian envoy, asked me a question that I thought was interesting. He said, "Do folks in Mexico care as much about beating the U.S. in the Gold Cup as Mexico fans in the U.S. do?" And uh, you know, my, my answer is, I think that, that the folks in Mexico really only care about the Gold Cup either when, when they win it or lose it. <laughs> it's- you know, they'll, they'll, they'll care until the final. But but whereas yeah. the folks here, you know, it's. Uh, but I gotta tell you, I, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the gold. I'm, I, I I I am I am not ashamed to admit it, but I enjoyed the gold cup. I actually watched. Usually, I wouldn't, you know, stick a fork in my eye and watch a, you know, get another Turks and Caicos, you know, whatever it is. But I, I I watched a lot of games in this gold cup, and it was. It was really entertaining. There, there are you know. I'm not saying it's it's the greatest soccer in the world, but it's not bad. And it's you know for 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 a summer tournament, it's a lot of fun. Now, it can't be every two years. It just can't. Let's yeah, that, that takes away years and do then do the Nations League in between. Yeah, it takes away from it. Uh, so I, I I'm with you. Uh, not every two years, uh, expansion to to bring more teams. Right. You know. I think it's it's doable. Twenty teams and, or and, groups of five. Yeah, because you know these teams, that's what they need. They need more games. They right. need more more exposure. Because Haiti, you know, and and this is one thing surprised me with the with the Mex English media. And I know it's a lot of young people for the most part. When I see uh, who's covering in English, and it's it's you know no no criticism, but. It's just younger guys, and uh, and and I see that, you know, almost being surprised, like, oh, high T, what a run, blah blah. And it's like, not really, you know, high T was more competitive than than the Trinidad's and the Jamaicas. I mean, I'm not, you know, but it's it's easy to forget sometimes, how you know how how the just how how the how it has changed, how how the landscape has changed. Well, you know, one guy that I've, that I've reached out to, and hopefully we'll be able to get him on the show. Just, just give me one second, hold. Going through the Rolodex? Well, I'm trying to add him to the Rolodex. Is, uh, is, oh. is uh, Jacques Passy, who's, uh, who's the coach of uh, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, I believe. Oh, well, goddamn. And uh, he uh, is on the... Uh, you know, he obviously coaches an island team, but but he says that like like, like you know you, the, the the folks who are least surprised about about how IT did, how Jamaica have done, and Curacao specifically, are uh, you know the, the 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 island folks themselves because they've actually you know for the first time in in Yonks they've actually been able to have that uh, continuity in in in, in their proceso where they actually have game, you know important games to play because the nation league has already started for them. 
So and he said, he's like, of course it's going to help. And he says, like, and, you know, and, 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 and it's only going to help the whole region if, if everyone gets better. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. You know, ID to me is, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of a sleeping giant and in, in CONCACAF, kind of like, kind of like Jamaica are. I think that they okay. could, could be a little Sleeping Car- Caribbean giant. Yeah, that's deep in Caribbean. <laughs> Caribbean. I mean, but you know what? I mean, honestly, could you imagine if if ID played the way they did and had like a Dwight York player, you know, as their striker against Mexico? How oh, nervy man. That, how nervy that game could have been? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that you know those days are coming. I think that, I think that we're going to see uh, you know players like you know, Dwight York. Man, that was just what an amazing career. He goes from you know being a, a striker, you know, playing for Manchester United and, and killing it at Manchester United, and like you know and, and, you know you know does what the, what Mateos did and even Vasco Aguirre did. Where you start as an attacking player, and by the end of your career, you're like you're like ultimo hombre practically. Exactly. In his last few games for 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 Trinidad, I think he was either playing the DM or he or he was a straight up defender because he was just he was still too good not to have on the pitch. But there was no yeah. way that he could be a striker anymore. Yeah, and, and and those type of players they inspire their teammates. Yeah. Which is, I would say, right now, it's it's kind of guardado. He's one of those players that he he um you know as a team captain and he he just he's able to to calm the squad and, and also inspire them because we've seen too many times where where it starts goes bad for Max and the team would lose composure right and and so having players like that that could like keep the order you know it it makes a big difference. Well, I think that was another big reason why I think Mexico played. Uh, were, were able to get the result they got last night was because because of that the fact that they didn't let the U.S. hit them on the counters and this and that. And I was watching or frustrate them as well because exactly, exactly. We, we've seen it. We've seen it, John. How you know in other matches, and and Mexico would have the more skilled players. Uh, we would think it would be an easy win, but they would really frustrate the Mexican team. Sure. They would. They would like foul them and and provoke, provoke. Uh, they wanted to get in their heads, and they Max, would. They would, get, yeah, and they would. They were there. They, for they, years. <laughs> I'm, 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 I wish, I wish I was kidding. Yeah, and but we we didn't see that, and uh, so much credit to that, uh, and I I think it was a good balance that 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 was able to make, you know, of players that youth and some of the experience. You know, I think he, he did a good job at that and knowing who could compliment who, you know, which is, I think is a big reason that he, he left Antuna and, and I wasn't expecting him to play. Uh, I said in one of the podcasts, I got to take my lumps. Right. Remember oh. he had that one big miss. Oh, hang on, hang on. In the game. I think I have oh. one. I, I think we have one. Oh, snap. Cause I need, I need, oh. I, need, I, need I need, I need lumps as well. So I mean, this is yes. Really, really, really for the both of us. Ready, ready? Yeah. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? There, there we go. Yeah. Each, each, each taking their lumps. So, yeah, I was expecting um, uh, Alexis to, to, you know, well, get it. But he, he's, that's one of the things as coach you have to do, though, is, is show trust in your players. Well, I think that uh, what he ended and, up doing, and, and why Antuna to me was so effective, is that he, I think he told uh, 
you told them you're 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 going to essentially be a defensive winger because you're you're going to keep this guy occupied and 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 Reggie Cannon. So he was, you know, I always thought that Gigin was Mexico's greatest defensive forward ever because he did all the dirty work to let the the guys ahead of him uh, shine, so to speak. And I think that Antuna was doing a lot of the dirty work last night to let uh, to, to give Pizarro the opportunity to kind of pinch into the middle more and this and that. So it was. Uh, and uh, the, the the other thing that I liked a lot about about Mexico and that, and this is uh, is, is the, the discipline that the wingers had to 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 make sure that there was always somebody back so that the U.S. wouldn't catch them on a counter because I mean that's when you play the U.S. And this is something that I mean I was listening to uh, radio because I was driving up I drove in a hell of a rainstorm uh, today but so it was uh, listening to uh, Sirius XM and some other radio shows uh, today. Just this, 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 uh, the incredulity that American fans have about, uh, and not just fans, but like even pundits that, you know, that, that, you know, why can't the U.S. possess the ball more? You know, why can't they control it? You know what? Teams don't necessarily, you can control a game without having the ball. And I, I just don't think that the U.S. has, has, has quite learned that. Uh, or, or at least this group has, I, but I, but I think that you know they have played like that in the past and have been able to control games, as you pointed out with Mexico. You know, they were they frustrated and you know and, and took their chances when 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 they got them when they ended up winning the game one zero and people always say well Mexico played but well it doesn't really matter and uh, so. Yeah, and uh, the, 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 that is one thing that I think that if 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 the U.S. realizes, hey, you know, we we are better off controlling a game playing the absorbent counter style, then you know, the, the, I think they would have a much better chance, a much better chance. Just just my own personal opinion, because I think they have a really, 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 really good team to do that right now, and you got to play to your strengths. Is this so, is this Chickies that just what? joined us? Joining us in uh, in Kyle, Texas, Albert El Chiquis Campa joins us. Chiquis, how's it going, how's it going fellas? Sorry, you doing all right, late. Chiquis? No, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, doing right. good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, celebrating the victory. I just got back from no, the. Uh, it's hard. We don't. We don't. We don't celebrate. We don't. Uh, did you get go with Yankin? We don't. You know, there was a lot of people at Yankin. As there should be. You know, Mexico's. You know, they don't win cups very often. You got to. Suck the matter out of life when it uh, yeah. when it happens. No, this this is hard analysis. This is hard hard analysis that, that we are, that we provide here in the Cantina Mix podcast. We let the you know we'll have our, our our little cheerleader segment a little later. But no, right now we're we're, we're providing the the hard uh, unvarnished analysis that, that that people have come to love from the Cantina Mix podcast. Sounds good. Sounds good. I, I I wish any I wish any of that was true, but uh, no, we, we've you know we've we, we, we've been uh, uh, we, we I think we've been we've been fair. We you know we're not uh, you know we're not trying to blow smoke up anybody's took us with uh, with with any of our quote unquote hot takes, but uh, you know we'll uh, we will. Uh, I have a I have a question I've been thinking about. I don't know if I'm interrupting anything or no no no. We're maybe a good spot. Fire away. Like, because I know, I know before we were, uh, before the tournament, we were thinking of Pizarro and, and, uh, how this was his opportunity to shine. I was just wondering from you guys, like, at a hundred percent being he fully took advantage, 
like what percentage do you think he he uh, fulfilled expectations or desires from Pizarro or Chivas or Mexican fans in general through this uh, throughout this we, tournament? We were we had literally just wrapped up our 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 auto, yeah auto segment, but, I, but I think that Hole and I were were both in consensus that, uh, that 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 he is a gamer and 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 he played his best game of the tournament when Mexico needed it most, which was in the final. So I think that, that, that by that alone, I think that that, that, that has afforded him the, the status of that he's going to be a, a key piece of, of, the, uh, of, of the process uh, moving toward uh, uh, the World Cup 2022. What do you think, Chiquis? Yeah, I agree. Um, the only thing, yeah, I, I totally agree that he's going to be a, a very important well, part. Well, Chiquis, really look, like look, look at his, uh, you know, his... His trophy case, he's pretty much won a championship with every team he's been with. Yeah, that's true. Um, the, my my only issue is, like, there's been other contributors. He hasn't been – and I guess his position – because I don't I, – I have some issues with the way Tata played him. I think he could have been even more influential in these games if he well, wasn't so much that, that, so that, that, was the that was the adjustment that Tata made in the, in the, in, in the second half was that he let yeah. Pizarro be, be the guy. And Pizarro delivered. You know, he put it in Pizarro's lap, and Pizarro was the one. Who's, okay, thanks, thanks, Coach Dominos. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it worked out. And you know, and, and that's we know as a coach, you know, and as fans, obviously, being as a coach, when you say, you know, okay, player, here you go, you know, it's your opportunity, to run with it. I mean, you know, thought that couldn't have been more pleased with with, and, with with how that worked out. And and you know, he had that nasty fall, and a lot of people thought he wasn't going to come out in the second half. And I saw, I saw like a replay of it. And yeah, the way he, with his he arm hyper- extended, the way he yeah. fell, yeah, he, he could have broken his arm. He hyperextended his elbow for sure. So, uh, did they, did they bring in, uh, no, he stayed. Pat Morita. Did, did Pat Morita come in? Oh, and, yeah. Did the karate kid. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> well, you know what? More credit to him because he, he played, played, he in played injured. Yeah. yeah and then, you know, that, that, could take you out of a game, you know. Um, if, if it's those, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. He he, he was probably in pain. They rub some on the sun. I've never, I've never, uh, I've never experienced that type of hyper extent. Like it wasn't just hyper; it was bent backwards. But there's been, I mean, I, I don't think that's too bad. Like a bone broke. I don't, I don't think it was too, too painful or too hard. I, I, I easily saw that he could have, you know, continued playing. Right. It was, it was but, like, uh, no, that would like, like so excruciating that you can't. But I did, I did see him point. Like he was telling the trainer, he pointed at a certain spot and the trainer got out the, he got out the spray. And I think that's what cured him. That's the, that's the modern the day. magic spray. The magic freezing spray. Yeah. But you guys never tried mommy son. <laughs> that, that horse yeah, stuff. My, uh, Wife and I on our honeymoon, uh, we, we, we went to Acapulco. And I don't know if you guys, have you guys ever been to Acapulco? I have. You, you know the Super Super? No, I, I mean, I was only there for like a day. Okay, well, anyway, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a supermarket there right on the costera. Uh, Acapulco is divided into like the old side. Well, it's been a while, but like the old side and the new side. And there's a tunnel, and then the Super Super is right on the other end of the, of the tunnel on the, on the quote unquote old side. And uh, I have no idea why I'm bringing this up. What are we talking about? Yeah, the, uh, the 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 super spray, the the spray oh, yeah, that healed. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> wife and I were on our honeymoon, and when we find this stuff, it was called Hansa Plast, and it was like a like a this like a 
you know, if you get a cut or whatever, it's kind of like a disinfect, you know, disinfectant. Yeah. Spray. And like Neosporin? <laughs> well, a much more powerful Neosporin. More potent? Yeah. And it's uh, banned in a few in. countries? Exactly. Yeah, because it works. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I mean the stuff we're, so, we're we're joking about it like like we're like Wolverine with this stuff you know you could just like totally cut yourself wide open right? <laughs> your body would would uh, it would, would repair, heal would, would repair itself with Man, you had a healing factor exactly in a bottle it was very impressive so it would be like the magic spray would be like would be like Hansaplasti you, you know where I was when I I got in Acapulco and I went with a friend and we got lost and I I ended up up in the mountains. Man, in the bad part with the killer cochos. Right. It was dangerous, man. And it was like past midnight. The hell uh, you We were lucky. That? My friend's family lived up there, but he had the wrong address and the taxi. No taxi wanted to take us there, you know? And every time he gave the address, they'll be like, okay, wait over there. And then we will see them pick someone up and leave. <laughs> we right. were in the bus depot. And finally, this taxi came, and he said, just get in. And he's like, where are you going? And my friend had the address in the paper, gives him the paper. And uh, I remember I was sitting in the back, and I saw through the through the mirror through the, um, that he, he kind of got worried. And he's like, why are you going there? <laughs> why are you going there? And he just dumped us off, man. I don't think he even took us all the way. He just left us like in a little plaza and he's and he hightailed it out of there. And it was just really bad part of town. There was no lights. It was already dark. We just had the moonlight. Uh, no streets. You know, it's all dirt. Dirt, dirt roads, right? Dirt roads. No no uh, street signs. We didn't know where we were going, man. I, your, I saw a your giant... Acapulco experience and my Acapulco experience are a little different. <laughs> John, I saw a giant pig walk past me. Like huge, oh, yeah. and it had like and it had like like the little piglets, and it just seems surreal. But and I wasn't that worried uh, up until like uh, this lady, like she looked out the door, uh-huh. and and all the houses were like they were like barricaded. All the houses, oh yeah, they all and uh, so she looks out the window and she sees us, and and you could tell we're not from there because you know, gets gets very hot and it's very humid, so people were very like shorts or no shirt or a light shirt sandals and we we had came in from the FA had been very cold and we got these giant backpacks and our coats on and this lady this is where I got scared John she sees us and she makes the sign of the cross and then I knew right there man it's like we gotta get out of here and and <laughs> and I saw this uh we kept walking down and I saw this like this family that was in their house and and uh yeah they they warned us like dude you're you're in the bad part of town it's like you you know they shoot first ask questions later here and so did they, you end, did you end up making it to the guy's place no and you know i was like i was like well can i pay you and you you lend us a room and they didn't want to do that and um he's like nah man you just just go back the way you came uh but they told us like kind of how to how to like exit, like and she's like, if you're lucky, you might find a ride, and so we hightailed it and and we were lucky, John. So here I am. Wow, that's, that's, that's my crazy. story. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 my Acapulco experience is a little different than yours. Oh, no, you had lights, electricity, and whatnot. Lights, electricity. <laughs> we had a we had a you know, nice view. Oh man, you know, we could uh, no know, third world problems. <laughs> had uh, you know, so you know, some, at one point we ended up having satellites. We had like, you know, what else? You know, I was actually it was my was my very first place. So God damn, your had, biggest worry was if the internet went down. No, oh no, this <laughs> no. was pre-internet. This was pre-internet. Oh okay. No, believe me, this was back when the satellite dishes were like nine feet wide, and like if you moved it, I had like, one of those. Parabolica. You had one of those. Astronauts in the. Only the rich kids had those ones, man. What are you talking about? Oh the big old, the big old like five hundred pound TV. Chiquis, I had it towards the end, which I shouldn't have bought it because by this point, all the digital ones were coming out. I got oh, bamboozled yeah. into buying one. Well, I remember the, when DirecTV first came out, it was $1,000, $1,000 to, to have God one. damn. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, Parabolicas were, if you had money, you would have one of those, because they were giant. Oh, yeah. They're they huge. Monsters. Monstrous. Yeah. and But you know what? You could pick up into the newsband feeds. Like, if you know the channels. Mm-hmm. And you can see them doing the news, and when they go on break, and they're just fixing themselves up and whatnot. Right. Yeah. That's why when we do a show and we go on break, that's why we turn the we turn the microphones off, <laughs> so that nobody can. I mean, we don't want to, you know, get. I mean, those guys get them in trouble or et cetera. But so, just a little little inside news there. Uh. So so Chiki, so 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 you 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 liked the way Pisaro played. Uh, was was there anything else, uh, Chiki, that 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 stuck out to you? Uh, I guess the Pisaro. I like I liked him best. Um, defense. Uh, there were some issues with uh, I think Moreno. Um, is near done. I didn't like him at all. Uh, Diego Reyes, I didn't like him, but I think Tata learned from early in the tournament to, to leave him off. But he kept on putting him in towards the end of games, which I didn't understand. Um, but I think those two players I don't like seeing. Um, even And being that Moreno was started, that sort of had me worried on what Tata's thinking, so... So is your, uh, you're so you're, you're not fully in tatarado like like uh, like like Hoyle is. Uh no, not 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 fully. But I mean, he does have it cuz I, I I don't really uh ex- I don't really give due to the coaches as much as I guess other people do. I think the players make a lot of what happens on the on the yeah. field. I, I but can tell the, you the changes really... the changes I think were good, but the the Univision was talking about, oh, all they did was change um, from right to left. They just switched positions with wow. Antuna and, and Pizarro, but that wasn't really true. I think I think Pizarro on the right could have easily been lost as well, but I think he, he played back and they played more to the right. That's what they needed to do when he was on the left, right. is, is play it through him. I, I sort of like him to be in the center, um, you know, back behind the forwards, um, bringing up the offense. You know what, what, um, what's a killer is that Mexico's had uh, how many great players that could, that could play that position over the past ten years with Giovanni and Marco yeah. Fabian and, 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 and like like these these coaches are like oh no I got we I gotta play my four blah 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 it's like it's like how on earth could you not want to 
build your your team around what what your best players can do. But yeah, I was but whatever side they're going to play through the most, that's where Pizarro needs to be if they're going to put him <laughs> on the, the right or left. Right. No, it, it definitely uh, definitely would. Now, one question, uh, Chiki, that I wanted to ask you that that I asked Hoyle earlier. It said, uh, I noticed that Peru had the uh, the, the two stars because they've won the Copa the Copa America twice, and Egypt has you know gobs. Even Boca Juniors, Hoyle, when they have like their escudo for the for the league, and then they have their escudo for the the Conca Champions, or I'm sorry, the Libertadores, and then they have their escudo for the uh, for the the Club World Cup, which they uh, they've actually. One a couple, so they like 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 different stars for each. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or what's the deal? Is 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 it above the line? Are those the leagues and below the line is the Libertadores? Is that how Boca's escudo works? Well, I haven't noticed that. You haven't noticed that. Nah. You, you should. Uh, that is. Uh, that, that's something you should. You should definitely study. I figured that as someone who is as as well versed in, in Argentine folklore would uh, would uh, <laughs> know a little bit about about that. But uh, that's uh, that is a topic for uh, for another day. I'm looking it up, but it's all in Portuguese. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so Egypt has. So, so would you want for 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 gold cups, uh, Chickies? Would you want Mexico to have to 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 adorn their jersey with a bunch of stars over the over the crest? Oh, geez. <laughs> no, man. I mean, I okay. So this is sort of like uh, this. Ha- this was like blowing up a little last night because Fiteson went all crazy saying that that uh, the gold cup is a mediocre cup. Oh, even even tweeted 15 minutes ago. Ganar en mediocridad para no ser me, para no ser mediocre. He's going off on this mediocre stuff, and I, and I sort of agree with him. But I, I mean, I don't fault the players for celebrating and for being very happy. They did a, a very good tournament, um, but I don't think it's like worth a star. I think a World Cup needs to be the star. Right. If so, that's so, where so the you... majority. Yeah. All right. Now, no, especially no, like I'm... you put. You put CONCACAF, man, you're going to have people like, uh, people like Comebol guys and South American guys being all, now what is this star? This is CONCACAF. It's like you're playing, well, uh, well, you're playing teams in, like Jamaica. In, in and... Comebol, Peru put two stars over, 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 the, over their, over their crest for their, for their Copa America. Yeah. I mean, they, and that's sort of laughable also, but they, they have at least a defense. Maybe they beat like Argentina and Brazil to get to that thing, to get to that, um, championship. Who cares? Whereas, but it's quality. Like it's, Oh, so maybe, so, so, maybe. Oh, 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 only because if you, if you beat a good team, then 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 well, Mexico beat Brazil twice in the final of the Gold Cup, so, the, so they should only put two stars on their jersey. Cause yeah, and you'll have good. you'll have you'll have Brazilians. Would, 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 like would, would it be two yellow stars then? Would it be two yellow stars? It'd be like an asterisk star or something because they because I think Brazil sent like a weaker team or uh, there's like a there's a. Star or should it be like a triangle or should it be like a like a circle or but, but want, anything other than a star? Like, or you it, want an asterisk? It should Juan probably be put Mexico in their place. It, no, it should probably be you know are they're going to do a world uh, star like for a world competition? It should be gold for you know for a regional. It should be like you know silver, you know, to distinguish you know. The, t- the type of event that it is, because technically, I mean, if, you know, 
Mexico could put the FIFA Confederation, since that is technically a you know a global competition. But no, so, so I, would, would I, that be a star? Would that be a no? A I don't. I don't. You know what? I like the fact squiggly. that. I like the fact that America does not put any stars on, on their on, on their crest. That well, on the crest, they they put them on their uniform. You know, so it's like nah, I don't don't care for them. You know, it's tacky. I think. Oh, I hit the wrong button. How did that happen? That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> see now, see now, it's like it's like it's like it's over. You know, the moment's passed. Although that that's one we haven't used in a while. A good one, mm-hmm. you know, Joel. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was watching something on YouTube. I was like, what, what would happen if 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 they turned Return of the Jedi into a part one and part two? Where would you make the cut? There's only one place to make the cut, Joel. It's it's right here. You know, and then <laughs> and then and then, and then, and then the credits are like, what what just happened? And you have to wait three years to find out what happened. Uh, torture. Yeah, you know, people said that this should be after the job of the hunting. No. It's, it's on the other thing. Ron De Luna joins us from. Are you still in Philadelphia, or are you on the road? Uh, te- are you like no temporary? I'm, pro- I'm probably going to be here for another, you know, couple months, and then I'm back south, back in Arizona. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've come on, Ron, because we, we do have uh, America news uh, that is. Uh, that has come up, and uh, you know, usually when we have, we have America news, it's usually something along the lines of "El America es una mierda." But that is not the case tonight. That is not the case tonight. They signed Giovanni dos Santos, uh, who is uh, in, in, in a in a great position to to make himself the villain of Liga MX. He is. I mean, you you can't ask for a for a, for a, this is where Landon Donovan should have moved. After the, uh, I forget when it was. When like when he had opportunity, he like this is the movie should have made. He would have been. He would have made so much money as as, as the villain of Liga Mekis, which is now where Giovanni can be. Giovanni still has. He he's not. You know, technically he's not an old. I mean, he's not an old player. So I mean, he still has a couple years of great football if he decides to you know to apply himself. Right. And honestly, I think it's a fantastic. Uh, Signing for for America because obviously there's a lot of people that are not expecting anything right now from Giovanni, and Giovanni knows that this is this is this is it. This is the last you know hurrah for him, you know. And uh, I think Piojo can get the best out of him. I, I truly believe that. I think that he'll be able to to play him in the in the, in the position that you know that uh, that he needs to be in. And, and you know, obviously, you know, with America. America's always, you know, for the past couple seasons, they've had a lot. They've had a lot of injuries, and you know, Giovanni's one of those players that you know he doesn't tend to get injured a lot, right? And I think that could be beneficial, you know, uh, for America. And I mean, and right now, you know, there's talks of, uh, you know, I, and I know that they're different players and stuff like that. But you know, one of the things that you know concerns me right now is is the midfield because you know, you know, Edson, you know, he leaves, you know. You know, I'm wondering how he's going to get replaced, and and what do you call it? And I think Giovanni, you know, he can hold. I mean, he he can hold and he can create. I, I'm really excited that he's going to be part of the team. I mean, I, I hope that he can, uh, you know, he can find you know rhythm, and, and I'm hoping that you know some of the guys like you know Nico Castillo. I, you know, and I said it last year. I mean, I didn't think he had a you know I didn't think he had a good season, but I know that you know new team and and all. 
Uh, I, I, you know, on paper they have a really good team, and and on paper I think they're contenders for the title. I got on a question paper. though. Did uh, yeah. did someone from America go to LA and uh, like fi- uh, find him in some alley dumpster, pick him up and take him back to Guapa, or how did that <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that work, man? <laughs> they go and get in the galaxy. I think or, uh, I think I think I leftovers. No, I think what you know because there was like a couple couple weeks back. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, the America's, uh, what's the name? GM, uh, his, uh, bathroom guy. Uh, what do you call him, John? Uh, Jimmy Bath Salts. Jimmy Bath Salts, that guy. You know, and th- they were going <laughs> on that, you know, they were going on about, you know, Giovanni's not even, uh, uh, he's not even being considered and stuff like that. And I think it was just a negotiation tactic. Uh, you know, trying to like not to show like they're really interested. Uh, I think it was one of those type of things because, I mean, for, for honestly, I would have thought that, Chivas would have jumped on the, on him. Well, Giovanni would never. I mean, he said it how many times? He's like, if I come to Mexico, I'm, no. either, I'm either playing for Chivas, but, but, I'm either playing for Chivas, or I'm playing for Monterrey. Wages, Ron. Chivas is they got like an EBT card for wages. Can't afford. They can't I, afford. I, I mean, I know that Giovanni. Sure. Obviously, I know that his fault. You know, the ties with America and stuff like that. But I mean, they're buying players with their wit with their wit card. Yeah. <laughs> okay. God dang. Yeah. No, you you know wait, just to answer uh Cheeky's question, the interest for Gio had been for a while now. And even when there was rumors that he was gonna leave Villarreal, America was named as one of the possible destinations. And but he ended up signing with Galaxy and if you you know, if you guys remember, he had you know, when he when he first arrived, he was on fire. He was scoring every game. If he wasn't scoring, he was giving an assist or both. Yeah, he had, he had a really good uh, end of the season and and then a very good first yeah. season. And and you know, but he he did have. An, I remember he had an injury, so like somewhere in there that that's kind of like yeah. dropped off. But yeah, I do remember that. But but yeah, but going back then, um, there was even talk about possibly. Sending Gio to America on loan. Mm-hmm. So I just think that they kept in contact with him. And and then when, you know, un- unless something must have happened, who knows what happened? Because Gio just playing style dropped drastically. Well, uh, you know. And then... But but I do you know I do think that he knew he knew he could probably get get it with Ame you know yeah when 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 he took it, the the what happened no go ahead go ahead go ahead no yeah because because the Galaxy was trying to just renegotiate with him because they were paying him a lot of money so they were trying to drop his his wages so that they could like open up another uh, DP spot <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> well, I think that you know, Giovanni that, probably had that to word wait. still gets to me. DP, um, he probably anyways. had to wait. He had to, he had to wait. Uh, I'm guessing a, a period of time before he could even play with player because he was still getting paid by the Galaxy. He was getting paid yeah. to play, so he probably yeah. had to wait. And you know, just like Hector Herrera, you know, they said, "Well, oh, this is finally the week that he's going to sign for." Well, no kidding, it's because his contract expired on June 30th. He couldn't make a move until after that. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that was the same thing with Giovanni. I'm guessing that he probably couldn't make a move until after that date. Yeah. If if uh, if Giovanni does, you know, play well for America, I, I think that's a 
I think that can get him back on the national team. Of and, course. And, 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 and maybe, maybe to Qatar, you know? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you know, I, I don't necessarily think Carlos Vela is out of the deal. I mean, if they start sucking ass and, 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 and Tata's gone and they bring Piojo back and, you know, they're in a major crisis, you know, Carlos Vela will come out, come out of retirement the way that Cuauhtémoc came out of retirement. <laughs> you know, and Carlos Vela is only going to be like, like 32 or 33. It's not like he's going to be. We don't need Tata though to 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 do bad uh, no, for don't. Gio because because Gio with the national team he's been a beast. Uh, it, yeah. it surprises me how quick people forget and they're ready to dump on the. A lot of these Mexico fans are pretty vicious, man. Yeah, they, they are. They treat the players like disposable. You know. Yeah, just, I mean like, the only they, reason he's had his the career he's had is because of what he's done on the national team. Yeah, well, I mean he was robbed of the hat trick. That would have been the first ever. Hat trick for a Mexican at the World Cup. Yeah. In the match against Cameroon. Two legit goals on old. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so why, but, why the snub on this Gold Cup roster? Is it because he wasn't playing with Galaxy? Well, he yeah, hasn't played like in a year. Yeah. He hadn't okay. played since so October. He, I think so, that, that was, I think he, they were smart not to include him because, you know, you're setting it's like, why are you including him when he's like, he's not even wanting, you know, he's not even yeah. wanted right now. So it's like you know, you're, it's like you're you're no you're, you're, you're bringing you're bringing a distraction onto the team, and I think that that was you know was correct and not, and not bringing him to the uh, to that. Uh, now I don't you know I don't agree with you know a lot of because I like going with Tibeto said earlier about what you know you know Feitelson and other people were saying that you know that hey you know Mexico shouldn't be celebrating and stuff like that. I mean uh, uh, honestly they should they should I mean obviously they know what the Gold Cup is right now and and we. Because here's the thing: what other what other really important games right now does Mexico have in the near future, other than World Cup qualifiers? None. This is it. Exa- exactly. So I would I would have much rather you know to think of Mexico le- losing yesterday, and then that that would have lingered, Tata, basically all the way toward, towards the towards the uh, the World Cup qualifiers or towards the end of the World Cup qualifiers because it's like okay that was his only test he passed it. Now he can work, you know, he can work in peace. And, and the fact that, you know, uh, that they played, you know, they played Haiti, they played a bunch of teams that, you know, that they're going to play Mexico the same way in the World Cup qualifiers of, of, you know, dropping back, bunkering and just, you know, trying to, and complicating Mexico. And, you know, it's funny of, you mentioned that, Ron, because I mean, that's, uh, I, I, one thing I noticed about, about the Gold Cup here is that I, ne- I never saw Mexico get frustrated against, IT or Costa Rica or, or Martinique or Canada, and I mean they, they just they just okay this isn't working so we're going to go this other way. But yeah. they, they never tried to force things. There was it, it was it was really the most patient team I've seen the patient way Mexico's played in a long time. I, I, yeah. it, it's been a it's been a long while since I've seen Mexico be as as uh, and, and, yeah you're right pragmatic, I guess and 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 I, and I like the fact because. You know, and, and I and I told you guys this, you know, in you know, text a couple of days ago. You know, Costa Rica is the only team in Concacaf that actually likes to play Mexico. You know, you know, pressing and 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 tries to you know get possession, and that's good. But most teams don't do that. You know, against Mexico, and that's what we're going to see in in in, in the uh, in the qualifiers. And it's good that Tata's seeing this right now. Because I'd rather have him see this right now in the Gold Cup than in the World Cup qualifiers when the World Cup is on the line. I got to tell you, I, I love the way that Haiti played uh, Mexico too. Because yeah, 
I mean, they were letting Mexico have the possession, and they were fine with it. But the minute Mexico made a mistake, man, it was like red alert. I mean, all of them, all 11 guys knew exactly <clears> what <throat> they I mean, they ended up tiring themselves out, but they they had a really good plan. And, man, it, al- it almost worked out for them. They uh, – it was uh, it, it was a pride. They they just need a you know a few more years of season. I think they're gonna they're gonna be, you know, the, you the know, hex is the hex is not gonna be easy by by any stretch. I mean, even if the Central American folks end up making it, it's uh, it, it's never easy. It's it isn't it isn't you know and you know maybe you know Haiti's not the the the, the, the example, but I mean just just less than twenty years. Just look how much how how much Panama, Trinidad. Uh, have, have you know have improved? You know back then, just even like in the twenty in the uh, the the World Cup qualifiers going to J- Japan, Korea, those teams it was a, that was that, you you were going to beat those teams at Azteca seven nothing six nothing. That was almost a guarantee. That's no longer the case. Panama is a, is a you know it's a it's a strong team. They've I mean they've made what two finals in in the past what they've uh, made three Gold Cup finals like the U U S. Yeah. You know, Jamaica, Jamaica too. They they've made the finals twice, uh, and stuff like that. And and what you know, a lot of people don't realize. You know, granted, yes, their leagues are are you know inferior. They don't have the infrastructure, but they have. They can field eleven professional players that are playing in 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 in, in premier you know leagues, and, and they can you know take it to Mexico. I mean, not not necessarily take it in in, in terms of of you know. Setting up, you know, dominating with their tactics and the strategy, but no, they're, they're they're guys that play professional, you know, football year round, and that and they make their living. Well, I, I would go on to say that Panama's league now, outside of Costa Rica, is probably the strongest in Central America. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The Tauru, their their team has made a couple yeah. deep runs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I mean, and we can't forget that they're during the Chepo era. Yeah, Panama beat Mexico twice in yeah. the Gold Cup in group stage and in the semifinal. And I was actually doing uh, we were doing Rangers Espanol because the game yeah. the semifinal was in Dallas that night and the Yankees were in town and it was Mariano Rivera's last year and Panama wins and the, the stands are right next to each other. So Mariano went and partied with the Panamanians <laughs> after <laughs> after they won the uh, after they won the Gold Cup. He was uh, he was in uh, in Panama's locker room. They were. Apparently playing like side side music to like like two or three in the morning. They were having a good time. Yeah, so it's, it's gonna it's it's gonna be tough. It's it, it's gonna be tough. This yeah, this upcoming hexagonal. Uh, this frankly, uh, you know, the the draw is gonna be. Uh, so I guess since the World Cup is gonna be, as of now, uh, gonna be played in, in in late November, early December, twenty twenty two. I guess that that means that everything has been pushed up. Like four or five months, is, is that correct? Uh, so, uh, I thought I saw something on Twitter. I don't know how true it is. Uh, a couple, like two, three weeks that that uh, FIFA's concerned about the stadiums in uh, Qatar. Well, they've 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 already cut back uh, from twelve to eight. The order they're only going to have eight stadiums. Uh, <laughs> you know, know Qatar size of Tarrant County. So so basically, and I also kind of read uh, that they may take other games to other countries in the area. Is that going to happen? Is, that is, uh, I have heard that as well, but I, I haven't heard if it's going to be. Uh, I mean, they don't have a low. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff about this World Cup to them. They don't have, uh, you know, they, they don't have a logo. They don't have a logo. They don't have any. any they haven't made the. They haven't done the draw for the qualifying because you know they do the big draw, continent by continent for the qualifying. That hasn't happened yet. 
there, I mean, there, there are some things that have. That any chance? Any chance it gets it gets pulled away, away from them? I think there's a big chance it gets pulled away from them, and I think it either go it'll it'll, it'll go to Europe, and I think it'll go to uh, England, either England or, or or France or Spain. Whoever has the oh. newest. Stadiums. So right I would now, like I think, England, man. I would like England. That, that's uh, I, I personally believe that it's it, that it, 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 it is going to be played in Europe. I personally, you know, if that happens, I personally rather than give it to one nation, I'd, I'd, I'd have it a couple, like you know, two or three of them, you know. Oh, that's uh, it. Kind of the way Eurocopa is, just kind of. Yeah, I mean, spread that's, it that, that's that's what I would do. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I kind of stopped following it because it seemed like you know for like. Like two years ago, it seemed like every week there was a report. Oh my god, it, you know it's going to get taken away. It's going to taken away. So it's like, okay, they just keep crying wolf. Just let me know when it happens. Right? Yeah, the, the latest <laughs> one was you know they're having secret meetings. Yeah, yeah. They're meeting in secret to see if they're going to that, that it's not going to happen. But but the reality is is the world. I know that South American World Cup qualifying, which would normally start in the fall, is not starting until next March. But but they don't have to, it, it's the only confederation that doesn't have a draw because yeah. their competition is always the same. It's uh, round robin, yeah. Todos contra todos. Yeah. But, yeah. So it's going to be. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that uh, how that plays out. But but but, but, but I mean, Mexico in under Sven, we all remember, uh, came with within a Matias Wolso goal. Who, by the way, was was served by Giovanni dos Santos when he was what 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And they tied Canada, and because of that goal, Mexico was able to advance the backs. Yeah. So so it came. It, it, Mexico came. They were they were. I think that happened with like. 15 minutes left in the game. They were 15 minutes from being eliminated, from even making the hex under 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 Sven Bornerx. Yeah, that was a tough group too. Yeah, it was. Uh, they had Jamaica, Honduras, and Canada. Yeah, you you can't get any tougher for a quadrangular before the hex. Yeah, yeah it was so, tougher than you could even argue it was tougher than the hex. <laughs> now, right. now uh, going back going back to the Gold Cup, I, I made a couple comments that. Uh, one of the things that you know kind of surprised me about the the, the 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 game was, well, you know, for for good stretches of the game, the U.S. you know uh, you know was doing a high pressing and was trying to you know take the game to to Mexico, which normally is not you know no, normally the U.S. when they face a team that's you know tactically superior to them, they usually you know uh, sit back and play the counter and play the counter. Uh, but what, what, you know, one, one thing that I've, you know, the net is now keep in mind that the U, the U20s for the, for the, uh, for, for the United States, they're, they played Mexico similar, you know, uh, similar in, in, in fact, they, they, they beat, uh, Mexico recently because they, they won the, what, the U, the U20 was at the championship not too long ago or whatever. Uh, but they also changed the way you know, it seems like they're changing their style they're changing their philosophy and, and, and like i'm wondering now if that's really going to be you know down down the line meaning you know the, with the U17s the U20s the 23s and and the senior team because i mean if that if that trend starts to happen where you know you know this this US you know team and stuff like that are are, are trying to play you know more toe to toe i mean that that in the long run, I think that's beneficial to Mexico. You know, to, to you know, to play, you know, to play that. Um, so, what are your thoughts on that, guys? I, I, I saw your comment yesterday, and I didn't, I didn't really think there was too drastic of a difference on the USA, uh, the way they played. Um, they, 
they have uh, some good. I mean, they just have the target. Altidore is a target guy, so they'll they'll get hit those runs to him. Yeah. But I don't think they're, you know, they're doing something that's too drastic. Um, they, Mexico is still playing out of the back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they still had space to do that. Even Memo was like kicking, kicking it back even within the box, and they weren't in too much trouble. Um, so they were pressing, but I don't think it was like full on to where all of their lines. It was just Josie and maybe, maybe by himself or maybe another forward that were pressing, and that was it. Their midfield is what stayed intact and didn't push up too far. And then towards the end of the game, like in the second half, their midfields just sort of, you know, didn't didn't have it in them to to control the game, and that's when they when they lost it. They, yeah, their their such... first two, their first two, the two opportunities, or, or you know, the one clear opportunity that Josie had that he totally missed was was very unfortunate for them, and um, that was their chance, and they missed it. Yeah, they uh, they blew their wad and. Yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, they had they had to score. I mean, if they score, it worked, and they didn't score. And I think at that point they were hoping for extra time and penalties. And that would have been interesting to see Mexico's reaction if they would have scored, um, because like you, an interesting thing you guys made me think of when you were talking about the way uh, Tata's or I guess the team in general um, didn't get frustrated with a bunker from Haiti and from other teams. They kept calm. And and I keep on you know having nightmares of Rafa Marquez era and playing against the U.S. and then get going down a goal or going down two and then just seeing like dirty hacks from Mexican players. Um, and of course, there's a rivalry, and you see like uh, you see uh, uh, Edson get taken down by Pulisic, and then he just sort of smiles, and then uh, and then he comes back and does the same to him, and then Chaka like nails the ball right into the dude's face. And you, you see stuff like that, and then you see Andres Guardado like choking out that one dude. Um, but but there's nothing there's nothing like well you know just like pushes him with his hand against his neck, and and you see that type of stuff, but you don't see anything really vicious, and you don't see like des, uh, desperation and frustration in the Mexican team. So I think like the Rafa mindset and the um, like against the U.S. has sort of gone away. But it would have been interesting to truly see that if that was the case, if they would have gone down one zero. And, and see how Mexico would have reacted then, but they went down against uh, in the Concacaf Cup like uh, a few years ago, and, and they just kept on coming back. So they, they might have matured. Well, they uh, over the past uh, you know decade or so, they've done really well against the U.S. Uh, uh, you know, odd, oddly, the, the the one place they haven't won against the U.S. Is in Mexico. They haven't won in Mexico, I think, since 2009. But then again, they've only played three times after that in Mexico. But they haven't won an official game, though, right? They've won or, a friendly. Or, or, or no, not, they lost a friendly to the U.S. That's the first time they'd ever lost to the U.S. Uh, and, and then that was, and that was like, right that after was, the Olympics. That was right the after the Olympics. Of the, that was the beginning of the end of Chepel. Yeah. Well, the, the Olympics got to Chepel. Yeah. That was the beginning of the end. Of uh, of the Chepo, it was it was it was it was like the August, it was the August friendly, which is like the worst one on the you know on the planet because the seasons are just starting and it was just they only had like forty five thousand people at the Azteca. It was it, it was it was just a huge mess. It was uh, it was bad. I'm trying to invite uh, Dan uh, uh, Chikis, and for some reason it's like not going through. I'm not sure. So what's up with that? 
So yeah. Yeah, when I went on, I sent him one also, and the link is in the chat also. So there's two ways for him to connect. I don't know. Ron connected. You're having yeah. issues too. Well, I couldn't do it for my computer. I couldn't do it for my laptop. I did it through my phone. Yeah, I send it out to uh, to everyone every week. Oh, okay. Except uh, except Rigo when he's uh, you know getting all testy about his chivas. Actually, it's been so disappointing when we actually have two chivas on. It's Rigo and Joel, and they're like in lockstep with 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 with, with each other and how they think. You know, we haven't had a good chiva contra chiva. I mean, I just. I just want to hear it just a little bit because it just it's been so long, and we just haven't had a good one. Unidos, it just sucks. It just sucks. You know, it's like you know, Rigo say something, and then Jorge go, "I agree." It's like, come on, where's the fun in that? Where is the fun in that? I, I blame my uh, my Chihuahua chat group. We hash these things out throughout the week. Why am I not in there? It's just chiwa. It's a chiwa only. Just uh, hermano. The poor uh, group. <laughs> we we saw what happened to the previous. <laughs> we saw what happened to the previous. <laughs> previous group. You guys started for Manchivas. Right now, the the big scandal with Chivas is is Oribe Peralta has a has a pooch. He has a pooch. He has a pooch. He got a little bit of a belly on him right now. Oh. Oh. So uh, you know, of course, you know how how else would a would a chi hermano react to that other than our our? our... <laughs> that's, I, an actual, imagine... that's an actual goat, Ron. That is an actual goat screaming. Imagine yeah. a pooch. Imagine a pooch though scoring more goals than Pulido's uh, six pack though. They should they should take uh, Instagram pictures and in, like in the in the sauna or something, comparing uh, upper bodies and stuff. <laughs> and then uh, and then we'll keep an eye out on the on the uh, the goal scorers uh, table. The uh, the the so you you, you so Chiki's your betting man. Are you are you betting for for Oribe's pooch or are you betting for uh, for for the Polido six pack there? I'm gonna think, or I'm gonna say, Oribe is gonna give him a run for his money, and and of course, and this is this will this will be the regal excuse is that uh, Pulido's not really like the he's not really a nine, he's not really a full on goal scorer, he's a playmaker sort of, which I don't you know I don't know. Since when? Well, that's what that's what that's what that's what his excuse is every time we bring up Pulido not scoring. Lots I didn't of goals. realize Rigo was a was a Pulido apologist. I Am I not right, Joel, when he, that he says that? Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of bully uh, apologists. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with a lot of the Chiba fans. They're big on Pulido. I mean, he he came through in that doblete season, and that seemed to earn him a free pass. So they haven't expected much from him. And it's it's become, uh, you know, the big excuse for why he doesn't score because he's not a natural striker. Or he doesn't play like a nine. And it's like, so why is he wearing the nine? <laughs> give, give it back, dude. But, I mean, and the thing was, and, I, and I've shown him, you know, uh, but their tears say more than my facts ever could. Because <laughs> I've shown him, like, like 
Pulido in his last season, full year, two tournaments with Tigres scored 14 goals. And then he had like, with Juveniles, uh, I think he's playing with the Juveniles, he had a, you know, a handful more of goals. So he was, he was proving to be a player that, that was going to be scoring goals. I'm not going to say he's going to be a goleador, but at least he was going to average a good, a good, uh, at least over seven goals or seven goals a season instead of like four, you know, half of those coming out of PKs. So, so yeah, when, when, to me, when, when Chivas paid the high price, cause that's what they were expecting. They were expecting a guy that was going to score goals. And early on, he did. He, he scored some clutch goals. But that was like in his first, what, first year, first two years. And then after that, he hasn't really done much. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, for, for the amount of money that they pay for the guy, you think that he would get a few more than uh, just a handful of goals a year. And, of course, you know, who, who can who can forget uh, Alain Pulido's, uh, you know, we're looking around for leaders in the locker room. It's like, Dude, it's supposed to be you. <laughs> That's going to be humiliating if uh, Oriva comes in with the leadership skills, scores a few more goals, and, you know, he's like an old dude coming in, taking a, doing the job for the young Pulido kid. Um, I don't know. That might be an interesting locker room dynamic if that, uh, if that happens. We'll see how it uh, how it turns out. Oh goodness gracious! It's it's been so long, but uh, I have to do it. I have to do it. Hang on one second. Let's see if we can get this going. That music can only mean one thing. That Daniel Preciado has joined the podcast once again. Daniel, how are you, sir? I'm great, man. How's it going? It's good to have you on, Dan. It's, it's been, yeah. a while. been a while. So, have you have you graduated to full full profit status? No, ma'am. I I I I did I did the the smart thing and I signed my kid up early, so he's got a he should have a coach. So, I'm I'm the oh. bombero. You're the you're you're the cabezón luna of the yeah. of the Escondido Youth Soccer League. That's that's outstanding. Yes. That so is that's, outstanding. That's when I. I hope I won't be called upon. <clears throat> well, Dan, you, you, how are you guys doing? I, 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 we're, we're doing very well. It's, it's, it's been a while since you since you've joined us. So we're glad to have you back on. Uh, Dan, you uh, did not get a chance to you. You went to the the 2011 final, if I'm not mistaken, in the in the Rose Bowl. I did. And uh, you also went to. Did you go to the 2015 uh, Concacaf uh, Cup? No, I didn't go to that one. Um, no. no, and I did attend the last Gold Cup, but I didn't. Uh, not for the finals during a group stage in San Diego. Correct, correct. That's right, because because we were both uh, uh, saw saw We're like, hmm, interesting. And they ended yep, up. That's, that's, that's when you and I uh, both uh, hopped on uh, the Curacao. That's right. The, that is uh, that is exactly right because I, I saw them in, in Denver as well. So, so Dan, your uh, your your uh, your your takeaway from from uh, the the tournament and 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 what we see and, and and where Mexico goes from here.
Well, I'm always uh, the sunshine thumper, uh, so uh, it's pretty promising. I got to admit, I like him a lot more than uh, than the previous guy. At least he doesn't. He seems to be playing more to our strengths, but in doing so, he is exposing how I've been saying how our our, our fullback positions are just not where they. I think they're 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 keeping the team from from. Uh, from reaching as high a potential as they can be. Because I think Chaka, you know, he found that he was, he did great to get himself open and to get the ball, but his end Gringo Castro like was lacking, I thought. Not, 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 not good. Yes. But really, all, every single one of them is like that, though. There's not a, there's not a one that, that really, I mean, I think Osori w- w- was a pretty good, uh, yes, but, um, yeah, when you need, when you guys like of that caliber to, to be, able to, to finish the play and, and, and send it to send it to 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 feed Raul or even Chicharo if he's still if he's still uh, in the mix. So so you're are you are you are on board the the Tata train now now here on the Cantina MX podcast, uh, Dan, I, I don't know if if you're aware but 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 uh, Tata and Joel are, are going steady. I think uh, Joel was it just the second date, Joel when 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 you finally uh when when, when Tata finally turned you? Was it was, was is that what happened? It was at the. It was when at the press conference, the San Diego game. So the very first game. It was the very first game, Hoyt. Was it? Was that yeah. his first match? I think so. Well, I was at the presser, man. He he defended the league. So I was, you know, it was refreshing to see that. Uh, but but you know what? There's this. There's this incident that happened when the team is celebrating and they hand him the cup so that he could lift it. Yeah, what happened? Just, it's very meaningful that the players give him the cup so that he could lift it. Oh, I see what you're saying. He did, he so, did so speak they, about they, it too at the press conference. At least not, um, not the gesture itself. What did he say? I heard him speak about uh, just that it, you know, it was meaningful for him to, 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 to win a final. It was. Uh, it was and, um, I did. Uh, you know, uh, I just thought it was kind of. Um, you know, I was happy for him. You know, and I think he is. Uh, he isn't. Um, I guess one thing. Uh, you know, I've read. Uh, I guess uh, on Twitter and stuff, uh, people diminishing the the victory for him. I guess in particular because like uh, comparing it to what. Uh, his accomplishments or lack thereof in Copa America, but I'm like, uh, you know, he, he's coaching Mexico. It's not like you can ask him to do more in the present. You know, he, he did what he was supposed to do. You know, it's not uh, his fault nor the team's fault that they don't play in common ball. But it is his fault he didn't win Arge- with Argentina in so, Copa America. Um, I don't, I don't, and I don't, I don't think it's good. He didn't, he didn't win it with Argentina though, so that is that is his fault. You know, they lost so both of them in penalty kicks. How is that his fault? He didn't. He didn't win a championship like he did here in in Concacaf. Oh, okay. So okay, I understand. I understand. I, and and here here's <laughs> I guess my beef with it is that I think the the common soccer fan knows that that Concacaf is uh, is considerably low in terms of a uh, quality of play and talent and whatever you want prestige. All of it. it. It's 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 a lesser tournament. I don't think anybody is really arguing that. So bringing it up 
immediately after well, the it's victory. Not just immediately it's after it, 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 it's imagine how annoying if, if people did that with every league. But it's constant, Dan. I mean, they bring it up before the tournament. Did you say it was constant? Yeah, in the group stage. Oh, yeah, they just, you know, the, I mean, but the ones that seem to bring it up the most, and this is something that Joel and I were talking about before everyone else hopped on, are the journalists, particularly the journalists in Mexico. And almost, to a man, the older journalists. I would say in other parts of the, of the world as well. I would say South American, <laughs> South Americans, because you you see journalists hate on Mexico, but then you also see journalists and fans praise Mexico for their victories and for their championships and for their rivalries, say with the U.S. and and say the numbers of of viewers and the money that they that Mexico makes and Liga MX makes in the U.S. and then South Americans, you know they. They say they see this and they see, oh, Mexico's trying to get an ego. Mexico's trying to think they're um, they're doing great things in the world stage, but they're in Concacaf. So know your know your place. So it's not. So I agree that there's the Faltasans and the old school Mexicans, but there's also South Americans that. Yeah, but I guarantee you, the South Americans that do that are are, are, are none are either are rarely are Argentine or Brazilian. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Yeah. I really I just I, I hear that I just don't see the point in, in people that cover the league or, or that cover uh, Mexican soccer. I I don't see the point in, in, in constantly pointing that out because it's just it, it it's not pointing out a fact. It's diminishing. It, it's purposely it's trolling because um, they do it with the league too. As far as in Mexico is concerned, you know. They, but like you know, this is what this is what we but have. It's good though to keep people measured because there there are people like you say that don't that know. Uh, that the, that the Concacaf is you know a certain level, but even at that certain level, there are people that get really hyped and get really um, cheerleader and really behind Mexico, and and those guys need to be, you know, need, they to, need be to be slapped lowered. Back in reality, yeah, yeah, they need to be. They need to know their their place a little bit. And sure, sure, go and celebrate and stuff Correct. and have fun. But but know know your know the level a little bit. Don't get too, and and it's it's. I think it was from one article I saw that uh, mentioned the U.S. and Mexico is the. Joel might know this because I think he replied to the to the tweet. It was uh, they said the Mexico and U.S. was the biggest um, rivalry in the world or something like that. I don't know if it was biggest the the, the description of it, but uh, no, it was the best. The best. That's, that's that's because, yeah, Juan Juan Arango, friend of the show, Juan Arango, by the way. He he was calling out one of the gringo journalists, and he said uh, he said that for the rivalry for the U.S. Mex to be the biggest, that you have to sell out stadiums outside of the, you know, outside of the outside of the region, in other parts of the world, and. And I was like, well, I, I looked at the article he linked, and the guy was saying it's the best. So I'm like, well, he has a case, you know. You don't have to be the biggest rivalry to be the best one. You could you could be the best one as of this moment or as of the past year just because how many times these teams get to play each other uh, or, or just how much more open the games are. So that that was the whole uh, discussion. Yeah, so 
Yeah, so that's sort of my point is where, where when people start saying like talking about the best in the world when when referring to Mexico or CONCACAF uh, tournaments and things like that or rivalries, then that's sort of maybe a little bit overboard. Yeah, but that's what, not what? a description of the quality of play. Yeah. I, yeah, I whatever. I hear, I, I hear both of your points. I, I hear where Joel can make where his argument where you can make an argument of why it would be best. You know, you, there's, I, I could hear though the argument being made, but the fact that either that neither country has really accomplished much in the world stage, I don't think you should be associating the word best with either of them. Just, you know, just out of, out of, out of respect to all the better teams, frankly, I, I don't think we necessarily need to be attaching the word best. I think that's where, where you kind of like, and it also kind of, and, and if you're, and if someone's going to make that, that description for Mexico and the U.S., oh. it should be by a non-Mexican. But, but then, these two teams have been top 20, top 20 FIFA teams, which is no easy feat for like over 20 years now. I, I do think they could throw their hat in there. Uh, and I know they lack a lot of the history that the other teams have just because they've been playing much longer and they've had more tournaments. But but I think they're getting there. They're slowly getting there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I mean besides, I mean, does it really matter? I mean, Jesus, this is one person's opinion. And, uh, you know, as far as far as a rivalry, I mean, uh, in my personal opinion, I, I think, yeah, I think it is one of the best rivalries. Is it the best in the world? Probably not. I would probably say that Brazil-Argentina as because as Hoyle mentioned, they, they just have a lot more history and uh, have played just massively huge games uh, uh, over the course of the last hundred years. So I would probably say that one would would be the one as far as bordering countries would would be uh, quote unquote the biggest or the best or or, or or whatever it is. But I mean the the U.S. Mexico and it's just it's just complicated. There's just a lot of there's a lot of pieces to it that other rivalries just don't have. And so I think that you know it's it certainly although it may not necessarily be the quote-unquote best or biggest, I think it's probably one of the most interesting for sure. And there's, there's just a lot of a lot of dynamics at play uh, when, when the two teams uh, do end up playing on the field. Well, gentlemen, I have a, I have a very early call tomorrow, so uh, I'm, uh, I mean, y'all are more than welcome to keep going, but I know I have to step off unless y'all are, 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 are good to go. Yeah, I think we can uh, call it unless you guys want to hang out. Nah. Um, well, question, two things. Uh, when are we going to do the uh, League MX uh, predictions? Because uh, I think, what, in two weeks the league starts up again? Well, we can do that. Uh, next week? We can do that next week. And um, and the reason I joined on because I was summoned by you guys because apparently I thought we were going to have a debate or something like that. But who's hey. like the most knowledgeable? Oh, oh no, we're, no, we're, we're it's going to be trivia. We're going to have a trivia, a trivia challenge. Okay, a, a trivia challenge, which uh, will be uh, a little, a little, a, a, a little, a little further on down. A little, I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think we might have, uh, I think we might have uh, some, uh, some, some, some celebrity participants. I think we have, we have. Okay, Ching. Oh. <laughs> no, man. Uh, America. 
I, I, I think she might be she might be joining us. No, yeah, we, we are going to have a trivia. We, we have a challenge, so we are going to have a, uh, a, a a trivia a trivia challenge. So we'll see how that we'll have to uh, do work, work out the logistics there. No, but you know, as, as Ron pointed out, Liga MX is to start in uh, in two weeks. For you folks that are desperate, that that, that, that need that that need to have that so- soccer fix, they need to have it right now. I recommend watching the uh, Africa Cup of Nations because that is always uh, there's always some high drama there. Uh, and uh, uh, Madagascar, who had never played in the tournament before, or in the quarterfinals, which I think is fantastic. So uh, that and, is, uh, Vasco Vasco did get sacked within hours. Within hours. Oh man! And um, and also Liga MX Femenil starts too. I think in a week. It starts in a week. Liga MX Femenil starts. They got in a week. Their, they, yeah, they got their first sponsor. Good. So. For them, who would they get? So, Other uh, than Bebe Bea. What's that? Other than Bebe Bea, who would they get? Well, no, no, I think the league finally got sponsored, I think, because it wasn't known as you know, the Bebe, you know, double B-E-A oh, yet. Right. So, so it is, you know. Oh, so the, the name of the league is now a sponsored name. Yeah. That is outstanding. Yeah. And, it and outstanding. it's it's for three years. You know? I like the fact that the Cruz Azul team plays in the old uh, – Diez de Diciembre Stadium down in Cruz Azul Hidalgo. I think that's just that's just really cool. Uh, so uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. That's cool. And uh, Joel, any word if uh, you know with the new you know money coming in for Liga Femenil, if uh, Palafox is uh, going to get head back to Chivas or is she done? Wasn't she doing the TV show? Oh, she's doing the TV show. All right, so she's done. Okay, I just yeah. wanted to make sure. Yeah, she's doing. Uh, she's doing the uh, Bella, one of the. Survivor type shows on Telemundo. Like Ninja she's, Challenge, isn't it? What's that? Survivor, isn't it more like the Ninja Challenge? Well, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure what it is, but it's something. It's something that's on Telemundo, whose name is eluding me at the moment. Because uh, yeah, she's, she's like the American Ninja type thing where you go through obstacle courses. <laughs> which the original one was uh, what was uh, I the American Gladiators? Yeah, yeah. I used, oh, to, I used to watch American Gladiators. Uh, Back in the day, and I remember Peekaboo. I think I'm talking Peekaboo Street, the skier, was like a celebrity contestant. She destroyed the gladiators, just oh. or with them, just wiped them out. Because uh, it was, it was it, it, even it, Zap, all of them, Zap, <laughs> even <was>. Zap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean she, seriously. I mean they, they just, they just. I mean it, it, was, it, was, and like, it was her turn to do the thing, and the gladiators are like, "You go. I've already, I've already got my ass kicked by her. It's your turn to get your ass kicked." No, she she just just wiped just wiped probably it. on YouTube. It probably is because I mean it, it was just it, it was hilarious. I mean they were like, yeah, it was it, it was uh, it was very funny. Was it Larry? You look like Larry's a mom. you look like you were a fan of Malibu. Me per, or or Hoyle? And, yeah, do, do, no, 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 you. Were, were you? I, I'm surprised Dan knows the names. <laughs> well, you know, I used to drive. Uh, my first car. Who doesn't know these? must have a poster in his room. <laughs> assigned, assigned a poster. Was, was a my first car was a Malibu, so you know, what are you gonna do? Actually, it was a Malibu Classic. Oh, yeah, I, I just, film. I just wanted, I just wanted to be on that show, but I wanted to be the dude that was behind that gun that shot tennis balls. Oh, that's right, that's right. When they were. That's the, it. <laughs> That was Just give me that Malibu's, job. That was Malibu's best. Uh, that that was his strongest because uh, he he did get rocked a few times. Oh, American Gladiators! Yeah, man. That was, All right, gentlemen. You guys have a good one, right? 
Ron, thank you very much. And 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 and, and before you go, Ron, don't, don't don't forget. El América es una mierda. I keep hitting the wrong button. Sorry about that. <laughs> All, right, yeah. All right, guys. So so Dan, since since you've been away, we 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 we've added some some toys here. Uh, we have, uh, as you just heard, and then for our Chi Hermano friends, Dan, anytime that, uh, well, pretty much every week, although this time we didn't get to do it, but we do have the, uh, the Chi Hermano <laughs> goat screen, which I think is very, uh, very appropriate. That we, I suspect uh, uh, we'll be hearing a lot of that this season. Oh, it's, uh, it's every week. It's every week. It's, uh, it is, uh, and then the, 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 this one isn't as funny, but I just cracks me up every time I play it. Patileche y galletas para todos. Just a, okay. a little Batman. But uh, anyway. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. It's, uh, it's been a while. I'm, I'm glad that you, that you were able to come on. Right. Yeah, and, hopefully I'll be able to join uh, uh, for the next one. On time, yeah. hopefully. Excellent. We have, Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that we get you, uh, we'll, we'll get you all squared away. And uh, you will... Uh, uh, we, we, we haven't had as 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 good a Santos talk as uh, as we would like. Although we would uh, over the next week, or so yeah, with with Santos and their new relationship, I guess we could call it with Atlas. We'll have, we'll have to get into that. Yeah, uh, that that is an interesting one. Okay, we'll we'll get into that next week. But anyway, thank you very much for joining us, Dan. Chikis, thank you very much for for hopping on and uh, take care of folks. Yeah, Thank you. We appreciate it, and uh, and, and Joel, as always, uh, appreciate you coming on. Yes, yeah, always a pleasure, John. Podcast. and I want to thank Ronnie De Luna for hopping on, and Daniel Preciado, Albert Campan, Joel Aceves. My name is John Jagub. Thank you guys for joining us here on the Cantina Mix Podcast. So this is episode two hundred five, I think it was. We've actually done this two hundred times. It's crazy, but uh, we will be with you guys uh, next week. We will, uh, I guess, start our preview of Liga Mekis. We'll have to figure out a way to uh, bring on some of the. Uh, uh, folks who follow some of the other teams, so we can get a little bit more insight uh, from uh, uh, the, the the teams that uh, other folks follow uh, a little closer than others. Maybe if you're undecided as to which team to follow in Liga MX, maybe we'll be able to help you out with that as well. Anyway, thank you guys very much for joining us. My name is John Jagu. We will talk to you guys again next time. Thanks very much. <laughs>